And I'm Jeff. And this is Man and Femme Criterion Commentaries. A cinematic journey through the Criterion Collection. Wow. Today we are on spine number 11, The Seventh Seal, by Ingmara Bergman. It was released in 1957. It's a Swedish film. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll mostly cry. So the story opens with a rocky cliff landscape and knights on the beach, horses in the water, chess game, chess game set up, and I wrote double exposure. I don't know why. It's basically a big parable about whether or not God exists and somebody trying to, to challenge death while he figures out if God is real or not. Mm-hmm. Or if there's an afterlife or if anything means anything. It's kind of an existential film about the meaning of life. And I think it kind of argues that life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Between him and his squire and his conversations with death and his conversations with the woman that's supposed to be possessed by the devil, it all kind of points to it was all for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty film, really gorgeous. I like the black and white photography. Because I'm dyslexic, every time that they wrote Plague, I read Plaque, so I had some trouble with this one. Is that why you brushed your teeth like crazy after the... <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking it was the Black Plaque. <laughs> Which is the worst. Then only smokers get it. So that was a little little difficult for me. <laughs> well, it follows uh, a knight who's coming back from the Crusades whose name's Antonius Block. And the Grim Reaper shows up to collect him, and he he knows that the Grim Reaper, according to paintings he's seen, loves to play chess. So he challenges the Grim Reaper to a game of chess. If he beats the Grim Reaper, he gets to live. But if he doesn't, he gets to take his soul. But in the meantime, as long as they play, he gets to go on with his life. And the whole thing is like a big journey he's trying to take to get back to his wife and figure out the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every character sort of has their own interpretation of what the meaning of life is. So he sort of you sort of get that along the way. I mean, For instance, there's the guy who is painting death, the death scene in church, and he says, "Why make them happy? Why not scare them?" Which was a pretty big tactic. Well, the whole in church, the church during this time, they all believed that it was something they they'd done some sin of man that was causing the end times Mm -hmm. and all that beating yourself in public and someone beat you while you beat them was all that all legitimately happened which would be frightening to witness Mm -hmm. and then the lady actor at one point says why do people always torment themselves so she's the one who's not really religious i don't know that anybody in this movie is religious all the characters that he encounters are just kind of living life and don't really pay much attention to the the bullshit of what the church leaders are telling people. From the squire to the play actors to the the drunk blacksmith that they meet. I don't know. For, for a movie that deals with such deep topics, there was still a lot of humor in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for instance, the scarhead guy who uh saves the girl and then says to her i could have raped you but i don't believe in that kind of love hilarious (laughs) that's really funny yeah i laughed so hard (laughs) rape jokes are always the best (laughs) terrible no but there was funny things like the trick that one of the traveling troop played on the blacksmith to make him think that he killed himself after he'd 
slept with the blacksmith's wife. Remember he had that fake knife, and then he's like, I feel oh, so bad yeah. about what I did, I'm going to end it all right now. And the blacksmith was like, oh my god, he's dead. But he wasn't dead. I don't know. There was funny stuff. Their whole That whole show that they were doing, they were basically putting on a, a play about somebody who's been cuckolded because they were wearing horns, and then he ends up cuckolding the blacksmith by sleeping with his wife. I don't know. There was good stuff. It was a good movie. Plus, it's got the dude from your favorite movie, Strange Brew, as like a young buck. I know. And he looks almost exactly the same. Yeah, he does. He like does... That guy does not age. He's still alive, and he's still doing like a butt ton of movies. Really? Yeah. He must have been like five years old in this movie. He couldn't have been more than... 18, for sure, because he'd be 207 so? years old right now. And in the end, they all died. But in a fun way, because that one guy saw visions that nobody believed all the time, and he sees the the whole group traveling with death, and his wife is just like, there you go, making stuff up again, and then life just goes on. I think that... Okay, the girl that was captured by the scar-headed dude. The one who, like, he saved her. And she doesn't really say much. Yeah. I think at her audition for the play, or for the movie, not the play. I think at her audition for the movie, they said to her, we challenge you to a staring contest. And she was like, I got this. And then she got the part. She was a deaf mute in real life. Shut up. So if you're making fun of her... (laughs) <laughs> of course. No, she wasn't. I'm kidding. You're such a... Oh, my God. You're such a liar. The only time she said anything was when death arrived at the castle at the very end. No, I know. But even then, at the very end, she's staring. She's I think there's like, a shot where, like, Jesus, she comes death. into the frame first, and then she's, like, just staring. Yes, staring at death. So at her audition, she was just straight staring without blinking. And was just like, hashtag winning. No hashtags. <laughs> they didn't have hashtags back then? Oh my god. Um... I have a feeling you didn't like this movie. <laughs> if that's Why the... are you always calling me out on not liking movies? Because so far we've watched, this will be movie number 11. You've liked 1.5 of the movies so far. Maybe. What have you liked? Okay, well let's go back. We'll just do, do a little quick recap. Grand Illusion... I wouldn't say I didn't like that. You give that. that a point five. That sounds probably a point five. Seven Samurai, I really like that. The Lady Vanishes had a turd on its head. Amarcord, so I you're, really So you're at 2.5. <laughs> 400 bulls. 3.5. But that one gets like a 1.5. You can't just, give it more than a lot. I want. Beauty and the Beast, I really <clears throat> like. So what, what's that, 4.5? I don't know. I liked A Night to Remember. 5.5. And... Okay, now... You've revised your idea on The Killer. The Killer I like now. I didn't like it at first. Hard-boiled can poop on a log. Walkabout is just a big, fat turd. Seventh Seal, it's just not my cup of tea, that's why. But I feel like it's still a good movie. Granted, it's not My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which you usually like watch. I like that. No, I don't. I watch documentaries, you dummy. About the making of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I don't. I don't even think I've seen... Is My Little Pony Friendship is Magic even a real thing? Yeah, it's a real thing and there's like you are the one that knows about it. Because Tony talks about it at work all the time. Because there's guys who are like in their 50s that are really into My Little Pony and they're called bronies. Whatever. Anyway. 
trying to think what else was interesting about this. There was definitely interesting visuals. It was fun to look at. The story was just a little bit too deep. It puts your ass to sleep? Yeah. But, like, I'm, I really don't care for 14th century crap. I just don't. And no matter how hard I try to get you to go LARPing with me. You try to get medieval on my ass, and I'm just like, stop, please, stop. He gets none of these at ease. I did notice there were a lot of fades to white. You don't really see a lot of fade to white. There were quite a few of them in this movie. Did they do it to the sky and then pan down? Nope. It was like literally a fade to white, which was weird. There was one where they were riding on their horses and it faded to white. Well, get used to Ingmar Bergman. We're going to see a lot of his films. They're not all set in medieval times. And actually, there might only be a couple other ones that are. So was the blonde guy was Antonius Block, right? Yep. Because at one point he said, What will become of us who want to believe but cannot? I want knowledge. I feel like that kind of sums up my uh, my own personal religious quest. I can see that. Yeah. The wanting to believe but being unable to believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he said that when he was confessing in the church, and it turned out he was confessing to death, but he didn't know it. Yeah. I there was one other thing that was interesting was that the guy who convinced Antonius Block to go on the crusade for God when they came back he was a thief stealing stuff from corpses and he tr- he was trying to rape that girl when the squire saves her he was a squire yeah i thought he was only a pawn in their game um <laughs> They're playing chess. I know, but that's the worst Bob Dylan impression I've ever heard. That's like you. You do a better one then. You did Tiny Tim doing Bob Dylan. Have you ever heard that song? Have you ever heard that song? Yeah, it's like Moonly Pine again. No, it's not. No, it's not. That was Bobcat Goldthwait doing Bob Dylan. It was his like Bob Dylan's like really super nasally time period, and he's like it's only a pawn in their game. I try to pretend like that doesn't exist. I don't. I like that. I like all Bob Dylan until you get to 1980. I suppose we should talk about the fact that he kind of the husband and wife and the and their child were supposed to be taken by death too, but he played a trick on death. That allowed them enough time to get away and be spared. So in a way, Antonius Block saved them from dying before their time. Or it seems, anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there was a lot of symbolism in this movie. And so, it's not that I didn't like it. I think I just didn't catch it all. And I feel like we had watched the first, maybe one-fourth of this movie before... Because I remembered that part, but I didn't remember anything after it. So we either got busy on the couch, or I fell asleep. You're like, chess with death gets me randy. <laughs> or we shut it off. I think that what really happened is that you might have seen part of this in one of the film classes at school. Probably. It probably was one of those where they didn't show the full movie, they just showed a portion of it. A lot of his, a lot of his movies deal with the absence of God... Um, Winter Light, the same guy. No, maybe maybe it's not the same guy. He's in it. The guy who plays Antonius Block is in it for sure. But there's a pastor who like loses his belief in God and has to continue keeping his congregation going, even though he's questioning. Well, see, I would find something like that interesting. And I would, like, this type of a storyline is interesting to me as well. You know, especially the fact that 
this Antonius block is questioning religion, but I guess for me there was just too much symbolism to probably catch in one watching, and I feel like it's something where now after having watching it, watched it once, it's something I'd want to read about and then watch again. I think I've seen this movie but, four or five times. And you still haven't gotten it all? Or did you? I think I, I think I got enough. I think I get what's going on. Do we have anything else that we need to cover? I will say that one of your other favorite filmmakers is incredibly influenced by Ingmar Bergman. Are you being sarcastic or are you serious? I don't know. You tell me. Is Woody Allen not your favorite director? Oh, my God. Seriously? If, if some of his movies are the in the Criterion Collection? Not a single one is. So I lucked out because Woody Allen is too lazy to make commentary. I don't have to watch any of his movies. I don't think High he's, five! I don't think he's lazy. He's, yeah! he's too busy making a movie every six months. Uh, why? You can't polish a turd. Has anyone told you When you're that? not playing clarinet and you're not molesting your adopted daughter, you gotta have a hobby. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> but true. Alright, so that was the seventh seal. Catch us next time for This is Spinal Tap. Yes. Where the podcast will go to 11. The podcast will go to 11. <laughs> I'm kind of sad that it's not podcast number 11. That would have been genius of Criterion if they had figured it out enough to release This is Spinal <laughs> Tap as number 11. But maybe Criterion was one-upping them and decided to make that one. To make 12, 12. actually an 11. They kind of toned mm-hmm. it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, what you should do if you've got the time or the inclination is to head on over to our Facebook page and hang out with us. Or check us out on Twitter at Man and Femme. Or even better yet, go to iTunes and tell the world how funny we are or how stupid we are. Or just... Just give us five stars and then write something bad in Chinese and no one will ever know. Except for Chinese people listening to iTunes. They'll know. The end. Anybody seen a night pass this way? I saw him playing chess with death yesterday. His crusade was a search for God, and they say it's been a long 